From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 159, and today I'm joined by Marilla Wex. Marilla is an actor as well as a stand-up comic. You can see her on stuff like The Beaverton, Working Moms, Murdoch Mysteries, and her comedy album, which you can get on iTunes and, and all the other places, is called All Mouth and No Trousers, and I highly recommend it. And we're going to sit down and watch a film, not together, but through isolation. So... We're not sitting down. We're sitting across from each other uh, through the interweb. Uh, I'm sitting down with Marilla Wex to watch. Uh, not really watch. We're going to watch on our own. We're going to talk about it. Beetlejuice. <laughs> but uh, welcome, everyone, Marilla Wex. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, so we haven't really talked on face-to-face. How is your isolation going? Well, considering I spend most of my time in my recording booth in my house... And my husband's self-employed and my kids self-employed and we all work from home. It's not that different except, you know, except being a bit more careful about hand sanitizer. Yeah, I've been in development for the last few months. So literally the only thing that's changed is my kids and my wife are home more. And I have to deal with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. But my life has otherwise been kind of the same. And then, yeah, and then just like being more mindful about not going out as much to the grocery store yeah. and just trying to make bigger shops. We've been like, our grocery stores haven't been terrible. Uh, I think compared to like, I think what I expect when I go out, I just expect chaos every time I go out. And so when yeah. things are only mildly shitty, I'm really quite happy. <laughs> the only thing this, we're recording this on the 24th of March and in two weeks it's Passover. I'm getting slightly, uh, uh slightly anxious about, uh, shopping for Passover because it's a big deal. Yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. And we're also in the infancy of all of this. I think people, this whole two. I think people are starting to realize this whole two week thing is. I mean, you all listening to this in the future are laughing at us because you know what the future holds. <laughs> but we're here and speculating. Like, oh, you poor schmucks. There's months of this ahead. Yeah, we're still knee deep in it. So anyway, so we're watching uh, a film that I love, but you've never seen Beetlejuice. I know. Very few films I haven't seen, and this one came up, and I was like, oh, it's one I actually haven't seen that's not completely obscure. No, and why, and what, what about Beetlejuice made you miss it? Nothing, because I love everyone who's in it, uh, uh, and I, you know, nothing. I have no idea why this just passed me by. No idea. And so what do you know of Beetlejuice then? Um, uh, Michael Keaton wears a lot of makeup. 
Yes. Um, that's literally all I know because I've seen pictures, I've seen stills from the movie, and that's it. I've oh, I've been in a bubble. I know. That's I'm excited. so exciting. No, that's a great. You're going. You're so lucky. Like to only know that is so fun because. Oh, I wish I was sitting down watching it with you. Oh my god! Because my husband's like, "How have you never seen Beetlejuice?" And he's like, "It's really good." And I was like, "I, I'm sure. I just, I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know." Oh uh, yeah, it's too bad. It's it's because this one in particular, I just it would be a joy to watch you experiencing it. <laughs> That's okay. I'll get it vicariously afterwards. Yeah, I will say that is part of the joy of me. I, I really enjoy all the conversations I have in the podcast, but there is a real kick out of sitting there knowing what is going to come for somebody. Right. Uh, in the instances where I've seen the movie, sometimes I'm, I'm coming into a blind as well. Right. But, uh, but for something like this, there's, it's just pure joy. Like I get a kick out of that watching movies with my son. I just showed yeah. my son Cloverfield the other night for <gasps> the first time. Did he and get like, like travel sick? Did he get he, motion sick? My wife couldn't watch it. My wife had yeah. stopped. She, yeah, uh, yeah. but he lost his little mind. Cause yeah, yeah. one of those spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Cloverfield is that one of those where he was just like, Oh, this movie's just going to kill whoever. Like it, this movie yeah. doesn't care. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's playing into reality. I'm like, yeah, it's going to go on turns. There's that great um, moment where, Oh, it's an actress I love and her, her uh, name is blanking on me. But don't ask one, me because I have perimenopause. I don't know what words are. It's the one that gets like, she gets bit by the ant type thing and then ends up getting really sick really fast. I think, and they take behind a curtain and then there's a big blood explosion where you think, oh yeah, where you, you're assuming that her head explodes or something. <laughs> My son was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, buddy. He's like, did they, she's, but she was okay a minute ago. I'm like, yeah, well, she's not anymore. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And that's, we're just never going to see her again. It's, it's great. Such a, it's such yeah. a good movie. Yeah, so much fun. All right. So I love that you know almost nothing about Beetlejuice besides Michael Keaton's wonderful makeup job. Yeah. Uh, which I want to say was done by Rick Baker. I feel like he was doing all the cool stuff back then. Probably. We can look that up. Uh, yeah. So let's just, I guess we'll hop off. And yeah. And we'll, we'll check in with each other when we're, we both finish. Okay. I'm on it. Happy movie watching. Thanks, man. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we just finished. Ah! I'm dying that was to know. Fucking bonkers. Right? Yeah. I feel like I just went through some kind of acid flashback to my late teens, early 20s. Yeah, that was nuts. It was like, yeah, that was weird. It was good. It was nuts. I, wow, I had no expectations. So that was like completely bizarre. What I really love about it, because I haven't watched it in a long time. Actually, I watched it a few years ago with my son for the first time. And what I love watching it now, just because, I mean, Tim Burton went off and then he started doing like, you know, he's done, he did Dumbo recently and he yeah. did a bunch of Disney movies, these big giant budget movies right? Uh, that all show off his sense of style and wonder. But there's something here that's just like him at his kind of creative, restrictive best. Like he clearly doesn't have the biggest budget in the world, <laughs> but, he's, but he's doing stuff here that is just pure inventive, creative. 
you know? Yeah, like like when they're when they're digging out Beetlejuice's grave. Oh God, that I, I thought about that this time around too. Oh my God. And that, you know, just from a production perspective, the layers to replicate the model were yeah. brilliant. Like like the props and set deck were just that was off the hook. That was nuts. I, I don't think I ever really thought about and appreciated that until I until this time. I'm glad you you pulled that out because I was thinking the same thing, just like the level of detail of that. And it also made me think of just them going into that set uh, or into the model is yeah. very like, and just the way it looked was very, it reminded me of Ed Wood, you know, yeah. which yeah, Tim yeah, Burton yeah. went on to make later on, which was one of his favorite filmmakers. And it just made me think of that. And it's like, oh, of course that he was channeling Ed Wood in that. I'm sure that was like the, the note he gave to Bo Welsh, the production designer. Yeah, it was the, I don't know. It was, the thing that I found like pleasantly jarring was that it was set up as like a cutesy family comedy. And then Michael Keaton just says, fuck. And you're like, what is <laughs> happening? I don't understand what this movie is. <laughs> well, that's just it. And I wanted to ask you your thoughts because Michael Keaton doesn't show up for almost a half hour into the movie. Yeah. And I, I like, and everyone else looks like they're 12. It's terribly discombobulating <laughs> Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis and then the child Winona Ryder it's just like wow yeah it was like yeah it completely kind of like messed with my head I bet yeah it was good and yeah go on Michael Keaton is only in this movie for like I think 17 and a half minutes yeah fleetingly fleetingly because all the everything you ever see about Beetlejuice is him in the stripy suit right and so I, 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 then when I saw that like Alec Baldwin had top billing with Gina Davis, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. I've <laughs> clearly not got the memo on this movie. And then, yeah, he's hardly in it. He just comes and shit disturbs and then pisses off for a while. So what did you think when the movie's starting up and it's, and, and, you know, where, did you forget that Michael Keaton was in it for a beat? Yeah, and I was like, oh, Alec Baldwin playing a nice guy. This is uh, uh, very unsettling. There's <laughs> <laughs> also that. Uh, uh, yeah, and in some very tight khakis. I'm just very distracting. And just like, yeah, I was like, what is this? This is like, I know this is going to get dark, but it was so fucking dark. Like, so many dark elements. Like, you know, the people who've committed suicide are the, like, they're the clerks and like uh, you know Winona Ryder thinking she wants to be dead and like I'm just like I don't who is this movie for this <laughs> is like it's set up like a kid's movie and then it's just super dark and disturbing I don't well, well on that note I don't know if you know this but it became a, a, a kid's sitcom like uh, an animated sitcom I, I did I did know that at some point yeah and yeah. it just focused on the Beetlejuice character and Lydia. Cool, except he's a total perv in, in the movie, which yeah. is super weird. Like all the bits where he's, you know, grabbing Gina Davis. I'm like, oh, this is so gross. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. It doesn't age well in that capacity. <laughs> although, except the fact that Beetlejuice... It's you, you kind of forgive it because it's Beetlejuice and of course he's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't get away with anything particularly, but it's right. like, it's very jarring. Yeah, 
Michael Keaton. It's interesting. So Gina Davis was the only one who signed on to the movie uh, when they were when it was first sent to her, and everyone else was like, "This is I don't know what this is. This is fuck no." <laughs> and so one by one, Tim Burton had Tim Tim Burton had to convince them all one by one. But um, you've got stars like Robert Goulet. Are you kidding me? Like it's nuts. Yeah, exactly. You've got proper grown up actors in it. <laughs> yeah, even Michael well, Michael Keaton now cites it as like one his favorite movie of his. But he, the first time, he's like, "No, I don't know what this is." Yeah, and and there was I read somewhere once that there was some of the other people that were considered for the role of Beetlejuice was uh, like Robin Williams, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. What? What? Can you imagine Dustin Hoffman would have tore that up though? Can you? He would have done something interesting with it. It would have been good and completely different and bonkers, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the only other the other fantasy casting was, uh, I think John Candy got offered ortho and turned it down. Oh, God, that would have been great. <laughs> Especially if he'd played at Campus Tits. That would have been amazing. Yeah, exactly. For camp, John Candy would have been hilarious. And, uh, and I think it was Angelica Houston was originally supposed to be the Catherine O'Hara part and then got ill or something couldn't do the movie and so Catherine stepped in at the last minute but she as well oh was my like, god I, was like i don't know what this is and tim burton had to fly out to meet her and be like and convince and her, to talk do her it. into it it's but, weird because it's like she's channeling her character from schitt's creek with the outfits and the in the earrings i was like oh wow it's very much a callback i don't know if they're still married but that's this is where she met her her husband uh but welsh the production designer really yeah no, well, what a crazy, crazy movie to meet on. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, it's just, just really out there. Like the the clash of, I don't know, the the socialites and you don't even, I mean, like the only character who's, I mean, like apart from <laughs> Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin is the, is the realtor who's like, you know, real kind of like country bumpkin as much as you ever can be in Connecticut, I guess, but. Wow, yeah, it's just such a strange mix of things. So I get why, like, if you had that script, you'd be like, I, what is this? Like, I don't, who's this for? That's just it. And then, uh, and Michael Keaton, so they sent him uh, Big Top, I don't know, sorry, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay, I get this now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That, that totally, but like a super dark. <laughs> but, it's, but that's just it. And that's, what make, and that's what makes Tim Burton so unique. Uh, yeah. Especially in this period of his career, because then off, I mean, I think the last 10 years or so has been whatever it's been. But I think like this is the period where he's at his heyday of his like creativity. And I think yeah, because also if you've got, you know, 12 pounds 50 to make the movie, you're going to make it with like what you have on hand. Not that bad, but like it's it's very spit and sawdust. Yeah. Well, just it's like the, the stop motion stuff is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I loved right. all of that. It, it felt to me like it was, It. I mean, I, I think they did a stage show version afterwards, right? They did like a theatrical version. Or did that, I dream that? I want to think that's true, but I don't know. Okay, because that's what it reminded me of when I was watching this. I was like, I could believe that this was an adaptation of a theater of like a musical and they made mm. it into a movie because it's it's very theatrically staged. And all the big reactions are very kind of pantomime. Like there's even like in the editing, 
like um oh god what's his name the dad who's in ferris ferris bueller um when he's like author or somebody it might be the other way around but one of them is get i think it's when Ortho falls down the stairs there's actually a beat before he goes (laughs) and does this big reaction it's like it's very like theatrical um, well, even that his reaction isn't big enough. That guy just got thrown. He might have broken his neck. He doesn't know yeah, if Ortho's alive. It's not like a naturalistic reaction. It's like a oh, what? It's just so weird. Everybody's reactions in it are really kind of like super, like musical theater. Yeah. Not any great musical theater, but you know what I'm saying. And and so I got to ask you, what did you think? Speaking of that, what did you think of the uh, the dinner scene when they're oh all? My- uh, well, that's when it really kicks off and starts to get super weird. And it's like, <laughs> okay, who choreographed this? This is weird. But the shrimp, the shrimp hands, I cackled really loudly um, because I wasn't expecting the shrimp hands to come up and grab them. That was hysterical. That was so odd. Because also, what a weird choice of song. Like, the, the okay, so the, when it started, I was like, uh oh Danny Elfman amazing and before I saw his name I was like of course it's Danny Elfman so then and then you go along and then there's just these random songs in it in the soundtrack I'm like I don't again what is this movie it's just super weird Tim Burton originally wanted a different song I can't remember what it was I probably couldn't get the rights or afford it or whatever no I think it was Catherine Harris adjusted the one that's in the movie (laughs) and he thought it was going to be cut anyway. Tim Burton didn't like the sequence. He thought it was stupid. He said, no one's going to laugh. No one's going to like oh it. And it became God. like one of the most iconic things in the movie. That's when I really lost it. Cause I was like, I, what is going on? This is so <laughs> nuts. Cause you've got that really kind of like lighthearted, weird sort of fake Caribbean vibe with like, with Nona Ryder being super like emo gothy. And then like, and then you've got Michael Keaton. I'm like, I don't, what is happening? It's it a shouldn't lot. work. It shouldn't work. But it's like, I can, I, I mean, like at the age I was when this came out, I would have been obsessed by it. Yeah. I would have like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is like, no one gives a fuck that how did, on earth did anybody manage to make this? Like, this is the best. I love, so yeah. I love that Winona Ryder, like, is nonplussed when she realizes they're ghosts. Like she doesn't freak out. She's like, Oh yeah. Oh, there's some ghosts. Cool. And the sheets, the fact that they cut holes in the like super expensive sheets to play ghosts. It's just like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. And then like the tiny town, like, I know there were so many elements in it where I was like, I, whose brain created this? This is such a mishmash of, like styles and genres it was and it and it, and it works it's so weird it all fits together like that's the, this is the movie I, I saw as a kid and i watched over and over and over again and i just i was obsessed with it as a child and and um and so it's been it was a delight to kind of share it with my own kids but, oh i uh, bet watching watching their reactions to it all oh my god incredible oh yeah the first time the shrimp hand i think Ephraim <laughs> screamed like, screamed <laughs> But like then was instantly delighted by it. <laughs> because you're, you're just not expecting it. I mean, this came out the year I graduated high school. And so, I, I mean, I had full Robert Smith from The Cure hair. It was black. It was straightened. It was like back home to within an inch of its life. So the whole vibe of like, uh, and also I was a, 
I was just graduated as a scholarship girl from a private school. So I was Winona Ryder in this movie. It's like yeah. super gothy kid who's, exactly. like, who's like wearing a school uniform. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, it's so weird. It must have been that transition between me leaving high school and going directly to university. I must have just, it must have just got lost in the shuffle. You it's just so, it. Yeah, it's just so my thing. It would have been so my thing at the time as well. That is funny. Yeah, it is interesting that it's um, it's funny. Beetlejuice 2 is still on Tim Burton's like movies to come at some point list. Really? Well, it would, it would have to be just about Beetlejuice because clearly everyone else is too old to reply. I mean, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin can't play ghosts of the same characters unless they go like full CGI with it. Right. It would be weird. It's That was so weird as well was watching Alec Baldwin play a young sweet guy it was just so different to every other thing i think i've ever 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 seen him do i bet it was really strange now here's a question do you remember what tim burton does right after this no batman did you just shut up i bet man i want i knew it was the next movie i wanted to see how fast it was but it was like in within two years this is 1988 so yeah. 1989 comes out Batman, and then right after that is Edward Scissorhands. Jesus Christ. Do you think, like, logistically, like, Beetlejuice was such a cult hit that, that, that suddenly he's got all this money to play with? Because well, they're like, okay, it. if you can do that for £12.50, have this budget and well, do Batman. I mean, it's also, in 1989, we're not making superhero movies. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, it's not a thing. It's not like now where it's just like they just grab the up and coming filmmaker and throw it to them because they can pay them next to nothing and they'll just be happy to do it. Exactly. Like, there hasn't been a Superman movie. I guess Superman was in like the late seventies, the, the Reeves ones, yeah, but it's yeah. not, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a safe bet. It wasn't anything. And so to give this guy that made this fucked up, he made this, yeah. he made the Pee Wee movie and then he makes this. And it's like, who is this guy? We're going to give him Batman? But also, Never did, would happen right now. But also, what did Michael Keaton do in between? Like, Beetlejuice to Batman? It's like... That's, it's, that, that was the trajectory. No. Like, yeah, this guy that played Beetlejuice. Let's make him Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, the super suave, extremely rich private school kid. Yeah, sure, I can see that. Very, you know... Oh, my God, that's insane. Right? And then, but then what's great is that... Batman comes out and just does bonkers box yeah. office. It is yeah. the smash hit of the summer. It kind of, and I remember people going to see that movie like eight times. Like, oh yeah, I was obsessed by it. I was like so in love with Michael Keaton. I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. He's just a god. Like, and I, then uh, and then Tim Burton right after that goes, you know what? Great. Now I'm going to do my passion project. My to- <laughs> and he goes and does Ed Wood. No, it would. He right. uh, was hands. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. I mean, all three very gothic, but completely different pieces, vibes. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Edward Scissorhands goes back and, and blends. And what he does, I think, is one of the, the major uh, themes of his work is blending this mod dystopia with suburbia. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's, it, it, yeah, kind of like in a, it, it, what they reminded me of was, was Brad and Janet from Rocky Horror. It's like you get these <laughs> yeah. cute 
suburban, this cute suburban couple thrown into this completely bizarre environment. Yeah. And you're yeah. right. That's, 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 that's a really good, that's, that's something he is good at. Yeah, and which is Edward Scissorhands is the opposite. Is you take the title character who is the bonkers weird outsider, and you pull him into suburbia as yeah. opposed to yeah, yeah, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are the ones that belong in suburbia, and then they're thrown into this kind of yeah. strange world here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. what are interesting, like that was just, like, and that's so it's just this like five year period where he's just at the height of his powers. And just making the best work he's going to make in his entire career. Because after that, I mean, after that, he does, uh, he does Batman Returns, and then Ed Wood, and then Mars Attacks. Huh. Well, Mars Attacks, you can see the style. He must have used. I mean, I'm. I, he must have. Who the fuck am I? It looks like he used the same kind of like designer for the creature effects for Mars Attacks. It's a really similar style. I found Mars Attacks to be so delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, just the little jokes in Mars Attacks. There's this one <laughs> beat where I think, like, there's a funeral. There's the funeral at the end, and the only band left alive is, like, a mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that. I haven't seen it for years. Well, it's because it's they kill the president, right? They, they show right. up on stage and it's like, and they they you they have a translator on or something, yeah. And they go and they're man, 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 whatever their alien speeches, and it says, "We come in peace, we love you." And then and the president goes, "Oh, okay." He puts his hand out, and then he instantly kills him. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, oh God! Wow. Yeah, that's kind of blown me away. It looked like it looked like something that you and I could afford to make <laughs> almost well, it was and like so weird but that's what's magical about it and that's why I say it's like it's Tim Burton that almost is, is unfettered best because he doesn't have like CGI to throw yeah. stuff everything feels handmade and it feels yeah. like something that if you just have the creativity and the eye ideas to do like just look at that waiting room in the afterlife <laughs> you know <laughs> just like the little touches right it's just little things you know, yeah. like they don't even really. There's that great shrunken head, creepy guy just sitting beside Gina Davis, and she yeah. just looks over at him. And there's the the guy that's been burnt to death. Smoking. That the, sick, the smoking in the chair thing killed me because it was such a like me and my sister were obsessed by this idea in the 70s because our grandmother was a big smoker and we were like Nan you're gonna die in your chair you're gonna drop a cigarette and fall asleep and she's like that doesn't happen we're like no we've seen it in books it was like this whole thing about people who just like spontaneously combusted we had a book of like of like weird phenomena and that was the one that we were completely obsessed by so seeing the guy sitting there who's basically burnt himself alive we were like oh, that's hysterical i thought that was hysterical yeah amazing and there's so many like just little throwaway visual jokes and ideas just throughout the movie that there is almost isn't a frame in this movie that isn't just so screams tim burton's like personal whatever it is like vision you know yeah for lack of a better uh, better term but, but it's some, just... of the, some of the effects are so cheesy and it just reminds me of like real gothic british pantomime theater of like literally red and green lights 
It's just like a green light under the door, a red light. It's just like it's yeah. so theatrical. It, it's somewhat it's 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 heavy handed, but in a way yeah. that works. Like even Beetlejuice's wardrobe. I mean, he's in prison stripes. Like he's a prisoner <laughs> inside of whatever um, curse is, is put upon him. Right. You know. But it's and what what are the rules for him? Why did why say what is that all about? Why can't yeah. he? Why does he say his name three times? And why can't he tell Lydia his name? Like the, when, when did we ever learn the rule that he's not allowed to say his own name? Right. That never. We ju- you just have to accept it. The end. Yeah. And why? And and the idea. And what I like about the idea uh, when you see it in print originally is like it's spelt in almost like this old German. Yeah, like Betelgeuse, or it's just like yeah. this really odd spelling. Uh, and. There was something I read once in an interview where Tim Burton uh, told Michael Keaton when he was creating the characters is I want you to think of Beetlejuice as having existed throughout all time and yet no time. Right. Now go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he came back with that look. Like, like, I think Michael Keaton designed that look for Beetlejuice. Oh my God. It's, it's so odd to see it after all these years of not having seen it at all, ever, but just seeing those images of him and then looking at pretty much every other thing that he did. It's just so out there. Like, what a, what a, what a gift to be able to have just created a bonkers character that is iconic. Well, he's a phenomenal actor. And, yeah. and it's really sad that there was this 10-year period where he was basically in career jail because Warner Brothers had him blacklisted throughout the entire industry. Really? Because he, he didn't, wouldn't do Batman 3. Jesus Christ. He wouldn't do a third Batman for them, so they basically tried to kill his career. And they did for, for a while until Tarantino put him into Jackie Brown. Yeah. And that kind of brought him back. Like He was doing shitty, like... Uh, snowman movies like he yeah. couldn't, he just couldn't get any work yeah 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 yeah. You know, he yeah. went from being at the peak of his career and then going you know i don't want to do batman 3 and then I'm going okay well then you're done i hate this industry <laughs> you know and so we lose we lose what would have been like who knows what what yeah. roles he would have done yeah, yeah, yeah. uh in that 10 year or however long it was period where he was just kind of gone uh, wow, but then I he's had this that. But then he's had this kind of amazing resurgence, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. He was incredible in, uh, he got to kind of do, almost take a piss on that whole thing in Birdman. Oh my um, God, Birdman was, yeah, that blew me away. Like, he just that, at the point where I saw Birdman, I'd been working behind the camera for a couple of years. And so I was obsessed with the tracking shots. Like, I'd started to analyze movies from that perspective because when you're in front of the camera you ju- you've got enough things to worry about and you don't think about too much other stuff and then when you're behind the camera you see how it all fits together and so I was just I was texting our uh steadicam operator going how was this done how was this done? <laughs> like I was like it comp- like I came out of the movie and like texted I texted the DOP the steadicam operator and I think our script supervisor because I was just like I need answers. This has blown my mind. Yeah, it's great. Well, you've seen 1917 since then, right? Have you seen? No, I haven't. Just because I, I just I saw the the trailer too many times and was like, I don't know if I can sit through this. It's a bit grim. 
Uh, it's not though. It's, 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 I think you would enjoy it. It's not as grim as I think you would think, okay. uh, but it's also a, a very much more extreme version of like Birdman. For sure. I mean, I could tell that even from, from the trailer and then from the little bits I read afterwards. Yeah. It's almost like Chris, I think it was Christopher Nolan, right? No, yeah. it was Sam Mendes. Oh, yeah. uh, it's like Sam Mendes went, oh, you're going to make like a cute little character drama all in one take? Well, I'm going to do a giant epic fucking war movie. <laughs> Fuck take that. Yeah. yeah, you think that's going to be impressive? Watch this. Um, but what I loved, and even like Michael Keaton doing, um, is it The Vulture? Is that the, the in the, the sp- first new Spider-Man? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, he's so, I mean, it's... I mean, it's, it's a couple of years now, but it's just so good and grounded and terrifying and wonderful. Um, oh, I want to see that now. Easily one of the best villains in the in the Marvel uh, world because he doesn't come off as a villain. And his story, I won't ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. But his story is like, through another point of view, you're the hero of this story. Uh, oh, like he's, he's so, it's such a great, great character. Um, oh, I definitely want to see that then. Yeah, it's good. And it, it stands alone on its own to some extent. Like, it sets up what you need because there's kind of some backstory in previous Marvel movies that plays into his story uh, that I think you can... They cover it well enough. You don't need to uh, have watched the previous 20 movies, I don't think. <laughs> oh, good, because I got totally su- superheroed out and, and then my sister got me right back in it. She made me watch all the uh, Avengers movies at Christmas, and then I was sucked right back in. I was like, "Oh, great!" Now I got a whole catalog I have to catch up on. Oh, oh you you can pick and choose. They're not all amazing, but they're right. the Marvel movies are are fairly decent compared to others in right. the, in, in the in the vein. I will say, I, and I get a kick yeah. out of them because I watch them with my kids. Right? Yeah, exactly. I I have no one to watch them with here because like yeah my husband's watching foreign movies that like he'll watch a french movie subtitled in german and i don't know what my kid's doing she's she's a grown-up human doing her own thing so and neither of them enjoy any of those genres or sci-fi so i have to do all that stuff on my own time hilarious yeah what else what else on any other final thoughts on beetlejuice uh, I'm still very much in love with Winona Ryder and obviously uh, uh, being obsessed with Stranger Things, it's incredible to see her journey. But to see her as a, a tiny baby actress was really delightful uh, and fully <laughs> loving all the veils and the big black hats. That was... It's yeah, true. Everyone here, like you, said, you said earlier, everyone here looks like they're 12. Like Alan... Okay. <laughs> Is like almost unrecognizable. Oh my god! But he still got that voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. It just it's. I need. This is a terrible thing to say when you're recording a podcast, but I need to go away and think about it and sort of digest it because it was a lot in one go, and because it was um, such an old movie, relatively speaking. I'm very old. Uh, it. It's the it's the old school stuff that I kind of loved, like 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 Winona Ryder rising into the air at the end. I why? What? But what? Like you walk out of that theater dancing. Well, that's it. I was like, I want the soundtrack now. I will. I want the soundtrack to this movie. That was nuts. Oh, it's on Spotify. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And and this movie. I mean, not to not to 
terrify you, but it's over, it's just slightly over 30 years old now. I know how old it is because I was 18 when it came out and I'm 50 on Saturday. So I know exactly how old it is. And it was just like, how did I never see it until now? Crazy. But then you, what a gift you just given yourself. Well, you gave it to me because you suggested I actually go watch it. So I was like, sure. Well, that's because you mentioned you hadn't seen it. And I love to collect people who haven't seen like iconic movies like this because it's yeah. rare. Yeah. So as soon as someone tells me they haven't seen like a major movie, I'm like, oh my God, you're, we're doing we're, it. We're doing it. Uh, <laughs> Cause it's such a, it's such a gift for me uh, to first of all, to have someone like you who hasn't seen it, but then just to be able to revisit it. In that oh way. man. So fun. Usually yeah, I have that's... to do movies like this with my kids. So it was nice to, not that I don't love doing <laughs> those ones, but it's just nice. to see it with a grown up. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for uh, taking a moment out of your isolation. <laughs> Trust me, it was a, a blessed distraction. Yeah, it's funny. My son today, one of his friends couldn't uh, play Battleship over uh, over Skype. Oh, he's like, no. but does he have other plans? He can't leave the house. He just got back from Vancouver. He's in court. He's on house arrest. He's so <laughs> mad. He's like, How could he possibly have anything to do? He's on, that's it. I'm calling it house arrest from now on. It's much funner. Yeah, well, for him, he was like, he just came back from a trip. So he's like, he's not, they're supposed to be, they're supposed yeah, to be like yeah. legit self-isolated where everyone yeah. else here is just supposed to not go out. Yeah. That's adorable. Um, yeah. So funny. All right. Well, uh, well, depending on how long this lasts, maybe we'll do it again. <laughs> I'm always up for it, mate. You know that. All right. Well, have a lovely evening. You too. Thank you. And thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Let's all go to the Thanks for joining us for Beetlejuice. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.